Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Well, I am a Michigan State University graduate and a proud and lifetime fan of this university. So it is, in fact, March, which means Michigan State people are very happy and we're very excited. And it did say in the intro there that March at Michigan State is a time for stars to perform. We got two of them right here. Now, Tyson Walker, you've been here before, so it's a welcome back to you. I'm glad to have you back. So welcome back. AJ Hogard, first time meeting you. I appreciate you being here. Welcome to the Spiro Avenue Show. Thanks for having me. So you guys, you had practice run a little bit late tonight, so we're starting a little late for the audience that was sending me angry, uh, confused questions. So what's that week of practice like? I mean, obviously you're running late. Is it pretty intense or what's going on? Uh, I say practice kind of just dialed in, um, just getting prepared for tournament time. Um, you know, around this time, you don't really have that much time prepping. Um, it's day by day if you want to move on. So kind of got to get those things out of the way now and just prepare for what we have ahead in Chicago. Is it like a pretty intense atmosphere relative to a random, you know, Monday or Tuesday practice in January, or is it kind of the same? Like, is there a noticeable difference as you ramp up in March? Uh, it's definitely a little different, you know, because we don't have many practices left. Like, we got a couple more, so you know, trying to just keep the season going, really, to keep winning. So, is your is your coach kind of in the same mood, or is he a little testy? Like, I'm fascinated by Izzo's perceived which i think is legitimate magic like at this time of year like why he's so much better in march like is there anything that you see different in him like this time of year i won't say nothing super that stands out um i think he's kind of the same but it's just we just know the emphasis on march in itself um it's winter go home time so you just got to bring it at a high level um he definitely is not letting no slack slide um that's normal but it's definitely at a higher intense level um now in march because it's it's one or done. Um, you don't get too many times of practice, like Tyson said. So we got to give it our all now while we're here and got this opportunity to get some practices under our belt and get ready. Yeah, I mean, to put it in some level of perspective, Tom Izzo's success in qualifying for this tournament, which is not a layup, is older than you guys. I mean, we created a graphic to demonstrate this. If you Ben, throw that up. But so this will be, I mean, it's not official yet. And we're talking more Big Ten tournament right now. But it's, in, it's, it's informally, it's going to happen. We are going to be at 25 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances for Tom Izzo. The last time Tom Izzo missed this thing, you guys who are within a few months of the same age were negative three and a half years old. So and you're, I mean, you're young guys, but you're not toddlers. This has been a sustained run, only matched by Kansas in the current state right now. So I, I just, I feel like this is the Michigan State kind of Christmas season almost. It just seems like that's, for I mean, I've been around it obviously longer than you guys have, just being a lot older and having been there earlier. But just going into this weekend in particular, I want to focus on the Big Ten tournament first. I think this is a wide open conference. I think like even your coach was saying Minnesota's looked better the last couple of weeks. Like even the bottom of the conference has looked kind of frisky. There's almost nobody that would surprise me if they win this weekend. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for real. Definitely. Uh just everybody really from second to last place, well, second to 10th place, having basically the same record is kind of crazy. Just because, like, one loss or one win could boost you or could have dropped you. Michigan went from two to eight 
in that Indiana one. Like if they had won, they would have been second. And like you know? Northwestern went from nine to two. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know the the kind of shoots and the ladders that were going on with the standings, and I think that's reflected even with the eyeball test. I mean Nebraska, and we'll get to them a little bit later. But Nebraska looked like they were going to run you out of their gym, and then you flip that script and the game wasn't even close at the end. It was a relaxing victory. It's one thing to come back. It's one thing to come back in that kind of convincing fashion. I like the general perception of the big 10 tournament is kind of all over the map with fans, with players, with coaches. Tom Izzo used to openly not like it when they first instituted it. He, he just, he said, it's not the real tournament. He has since kind of shifted. Now he actually does really value it in the last eight to 10 years. So midstream of his career, I was on Stu Douglas's show this morning. He's a former Michigan basketball player. He said he hated the Big Ten tournament. He was a four-year starter there. He hated it every year. Like, get it out of the way. Just get get, get me out of here. What's your kind of take on that for both of you? Like, is it kind of a uh, you know necessary evil before we get to the real thing? Is it something you really value? What's your take on it? I say it's definitely valuable for us. Um, unlike any other conference, like standings, like he said, two to ten. Everyone has the same record now. I think we have one of the most talented team-wide conferences in the country. So just getting an opportunity to get another shot at those guys in a tournament-style uh, fashion before we get to the NCAA tournament, if that's where we end up, um, it's just not going to do anything but help us um, because we get to see those teams. Um, we know it's a win or go home in the Big Ten tournament. We're playing back-to-back days. And in NCAA, you play two games at three days of a weekend. So it kind of prepares you. And um, the way our conference is going, it's definitely going to be a positive for all Big Ten teams across the board that get a shot at the NCAA tournament. Do you, do you value it, Tyson, the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, it's definitely a great environment for sure. Just the place is going to be sold out because uh, everybody's school is relatively close to it. So all the fan base is there. And it's just a good place to play. And it's just a different feeling when you walk in and play there. It's a different atmosphere. Like I haven't been to a couple of those over the years. It's it's fun, honestly. And it's a chance to hang a banner, too, which is, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. Like, you can come back in 20 years yeah. and that banner's still there. I mean, Draymond comes back, his 2012 Big Ten Tournament Championship banner's still up there. So I think there's value in the banner even, you know, shooting for that. So I've said throughout the year – and Tyson knows. Tyson bit back at me a little bit as first. It, politely, but my whining about the transfer portal in the center and stuff. The argument for you guys going on a run this weekend in, in the big picture of the NCAA tournament is the guard play. I, I said that all year. I think that's a common Michigan State opinion. In this time of year, it's not typically the Zach Eady, big guy, even Jared Sollinger type teams that really succeed. It's guards and wings. That's what we've learned. There's some exceptions, but that's typical. The Michigan State backcourt, which you guys are obviously a critical component of, I mean, Jaden's been here before as well, is one of the best two or three, four in the country, I would argue. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. But I think you guys are way, way up there. I, I think the argument for you guys going on a run is on your backs. It's going to be a lot on like you two, not on the whole team, on you two who I'm talking to. Do you feel like any added pressure being kind of the structure of the team that you're on where? You don't have Edie. You don't have, you know, a Seaway like you know, 20 and 18. Like, what, is there a little added pressure on you guys given the roster construction? Nah, I don't, I don't think so. You don't think so? I think pres- pressure is a privilege. So just to be put in that light and um, had that on my back is just something that I rather strive in and um, get the opportunity to be in and, and, and succeed in. So 
it's going to be fun. Um, something that we're looking forward to. We've been talking about since the summer. Um, so it's going to be fun. Uh, we did a chance to hang a banner. We didn't get a chance to do that in the regular season. So we definitely want to leave our imprint on Michigan State. So it starts with the Big Ten tournament. And um, tournament runs, like you said, relax, rely on our guards. So we got to bring our A game every night. I mean, I'll take my chances with you two and Akins. I mean, that's that's what I've been saying. Like, what what other team has a clear, better trio than that? I mean, you could say there's others certainly like in the class that are way up there. Kansas has some good guard play for sure. But I, I do think it's going to be on your backs. But you don't really see any, even the best teams, the one seeds that end up winning the whole thing. You don't see those six game runs happen without like some lesser expected weird contributions from guys like that you didn't really see like Travis Walton in 09 led Michigan State in scoring to survive the USC game that team had DeMar DeRozan Taj Gibson was like a really good USC team he had his season high by like seven points in the tournament out of nowhere he was like a four-pointed game guy he had like 16 this guy's hitting everything if he was even a little less great they get knocked out in the first weekend they ended up going all the way to the national title game I, I just feel like you guys need not because it's you, but because that's the nature of this beast. You need someone really in the front court to step up, right? I mean, you, you we need a 12 and 10 Sissoko performance or core, you know, is that is that kind of a something concerning to you? Because you guys, frankly, I, I got to be honest, like you've carried the weight for this team. It has not been the front court. I don't think it's a concern at all. Um, started off the season. Uh, Madi started off really hot. Um, you know, it's always ups and downs. Um, I've been there last year. Um, inconsistency. Um, in my play last year, so I'm not too concerned with our front court. Um, I have a good faith in them guys, and I think they've been showing it. Um, the last couple of weeks, especially in practice, and uh, just raising their confidence and just being ready to play. I think everyone's going to strive in this moment. Um, our front, like our freshman front court uh, with Jackson and Carson. Um, it's going to be their first time in this environment. And last year, Mighty didn't really get a get a true shot to playing things like this. So. I think he's definitely excited, and I think he'll be ready to go. Tyson, when we we talked last time about the the portal thing, and then this will be the last time I ever bring it up on this show because people are sick of hearing it. But you are definitive, like I, we stand by, we agree with Coach. Like we're glad they didn't go get somebody. We like this group, we like this team. Having played this year, having lost a couple of close games where you know the the rebounding margin, you were negative nine, negative ten, negative eleven, which is very rare for Michigan State. Do you want to amend that opinion at all, or do you still stand by? I still stand. You by stand it. by it. I feel like us not rebounding is not really based on the bigs, and it has to do a lot with everybody else. So, like, we all got to rebound. It's just not yeah. the bigs not going to get fifty rebounds in the game. Everybody else got to contribute. Yeah, yeah, fair. I, I'm I'm gonna just let that chip kind of like sink for me because it's it's uh, frankly this is one of my favorite teams in my life as a Michigan State fan, which I said repeatedly the last you know i don't know five months or whatever it is you guys seem to have a certain edge to you like you two in particular but really the whole team like aikens he had that three in ann arbor that just like barely whipped out and then the next time he touched the ball like two possessions later no hesitation in the corner just gunned it down and like for an underclassman that's not we have seen some a lot of hesitant shooters over the years it's just you guys seem to have that f you or like i love that you would say like Kind of F you, Justin. Like, that's a, you're, you know what the hell you're talking about. Like that's kind of the nature of this team. Do you guys feel that? Like, do you guys have a little bit of a edge to you that you think is unique? Definitely, we have an edge. Like we all got a lot of confidence in each other and in ourselves. 
from just like the work we put in, like we've seen each other putting the work in, so we know what we can do. When I was doing research on just the team generally and kind of handicapping the tournament and what I thought would happen and all that, I knew you guys were as a team shooting off the charts from three, just from watching the team all year mm -hmm. long. I was shocked. Ben, can you throw that graphic that we put up on Twitter or was it yesterday or whatever? So you guys have four players right now shooting above 40% on three-point attempts, which is the most among Power 5 teams. There's like one or two schools that play in front of like, you know, 87 fans that had like matched you with four. No one had you beat. You got four guys and for the uninformed, like 41% and higher is ridiculous. That's, that's insanely, insanely high. I just, I, I was kind of shocked that it was that high. I just feel like that's been such a big development for this team. And especially with you guys don't have that like Hunter Dickinson, you know, eating type that you're playing through the post and he's kicking out and getting open shots. I, I'm curious for your opinion on going into this tournament with the structure of this team being, I mean, literally the best shooting team in the country, objectively from deep. There is going to be, if you go on that six game run, that game where the shots aren't falling. That's just, it always happens. That's the nature of this tournament. Like is the approach, kind of to keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. Or if you're two for, I don't mean individually, as a team, you're two for 17 from three, and it's late in the second half, you're down seven. Like, do you change what you do? What's your kind of take on that strategically? For the confidence that's in that, um, that happens. Happened before. Um, we had plenty of games where we weren't hitting shots at home on the road. Um, just kind of got to have your confidence in, and get out of it. Um, it's going to happen. It may be a game where we're struggling to shoot the ball. You got to find another way to win. Um, that's when we rely on our defense and things of that nature. So, I mean, you got to just figure out how to win. Uh, if that happens, if, if we cross that table. So, just got to figure it out. I mean, the good news is you could have three of you guys cold and there'd be a fourth guy that's like a 45% shoot. So, as long as one of the four like, are, are on a little bit, you have somebody out there shooting at like a high NBA level clip. I mean, that those yeah. numbers are ridiculous. I got flack for saying it but it's a fact Steph Curry at Davidson higher volume granted peaked at 44 percent we got a couple guys higher than that like, so it's it's just that gives some perspective on you know the nature of this team and, and how good it is I, I I was fascinated just by the whole concept like when we played Syracuse with the the Bridges Winston Langford team we were like two out 29 from three or something lost by two points and people were saying like stop shooting stop shooting if you watch the tape like wide open looks the entire game. Like I would say, just keep shooting. So you're, you're like, if you're open, let it rip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well take that. I've had that argument <laughs> with Michigan state fans for three, four years about that. It's like, Oh, you should have dumped it to the post. They're getting wide open threes from good three point shooters, McQuaid and Langford. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Although you guys have more firepower than, than they did even. So I want to talk about the national title aspiration, Ben throw up the lowest seeds to win the national title graphic in the history of this tournament since it expanded to the full one that we know today. So the lowest seeds to ever win the national title, obviously the famous uh, Villanova team in 85 was an eight seed, UConn in 14, the, the Kemba Walker team, seven seed, and the Danny Manning six seed Kansas team in 1988. And you see the step below that, 33 of 37 national champions have been seeded third or higher. So. You guys are right now projected to be around a six. Now the you might might work up to a five if you win the whole Big Ten tournament. It seems like you're between six and seven, though. That you're going to be in that range. You're going to be, in other words, 
outside of the range of what people say, or not even people, the data says, suggests you're a potential national champion. You would have to buck that and get into that kind of single digit percent. Why do you think you guys, if you do think you can be in that sort of rare exception basket where, well, 33 of the 37 teams were a, a three seed or better, you guys come in maybe a five, six, seven. Well, how does that affect you? Is that, does that feel more daunting to you at all? No, not at all. Um, I think our non-conference schedule sets us up for things like this. Um, the way we structured it, the way coach structured it this year, now we played everybody, um, played the people that are going to be one seeds, two seeds, scrimmage some of the people that are going to be three seeds. So um, it held our own. So I don't think it's nobody that we're really too worried about, depending on our seeding. Now, of course, you'd like to get a higher seeding um, in a tournament, but I don't think it's nobody that we're really running from in, in, in that setting. So especially with the way our conference is structured as well, a lot of those teams are going to be four to seven seeds, um, depending on how you look at it. So it's definitely not nothing that we're too worried about. Tyson, what do you feel about that? I just feel like we, we lost a lot of close ones that would have probably had us. You know, if we win uh, games we lost by two or three, like Northwestern, uh, Purdue, it's like we'll be higher seed than what we are. So it's just the little things like that. And we, like we know what we can do. So and we played a lot of a lot of good teams. So I feel like we're ready for it. There's there's nobody really in the field that I would say, oh, like Michigan State screwed. Like as as great as the 09 team, it's my personal favorite Michigan State team was. I was going into that national title game. They were a two seed, like a really good Michigan State team, thinking that one seed North Carolina team is one of the best two or three teams of the last 20 years. I didn't feel great. There's no 09 North Carolina. There's no Anthony Davis Kentucky team in this field that I see. I don't think anybody really sees that. I feel like you really could beat anybody. It's just going to be, to use a cliche, it's just shots falling. Mm-hmm. But I think you're capable of beating anybody. So there's no, there's no daunting thing there. Tyson, you said, and I think Jaden agreed with me last time when he was here with you, you said that you'd rather have a Final Four than a Big Ten championship if you had to pick one or the other. Was the Final Four for either of you kind of a, on your radar concept when you came to Michigan State, obviously in different situations, transfer versus out of high school, but it's, you know, we're known final for you. It's a big part of the program culture. Was that part of why you came here in the first place? Uh, most definitely. That's why I came. Uh, just watching it on TV growing up. Uh, it's most reason why like, I, I wanted to be at a higher level, just to have the opportunity to, to get there. I feel like we got a good chance to get there. Yeah. What about you, AJ? Yeah, definitely have aspirations to play in the Final Four. Who wouldn't? Um, you know, it's one of the most watched things on television growing up as a kid. And just being in that environment, um, I was actually at the 09 uh, Final Four in Detroit. So just being in that atmosphere and it coming full circle, me being a Spartan myself, it's just crazy in itself. So just being able to get an opportunity to get a shot at being a part of that final, being on a Final Four team, um, it's something that I shoot for, one of my goals. So something I'm looking forward to. So you would have been, what, like nine years old for that? Yeah. Yeah, because you were born in 2000. Yeah. Eight, eight. Hey, eight turning nine. Eight turning nine. Were you at both games or just UConn or just? Both. So do you remember, I mean, you were a kid, but do you remember the Drell Summers dunk and how the building was literally shaking? Definitely. That's the Final Four. I mean, that was Detroit, you know, Michigan State, which helped. But I've been to Final Fours elsewhere. It, I mean, these football stadiums, it's louder than they are for the football teams that actually play in them. Like, yeah. it's, 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 I, I don't know how you guys, and you haven't been in that situation yet. I don't know how guys shoot in there, though. Like, I went down and stood down on the court in 2010, I, like way before the game. And I, I was like, 
I, to me, it was weird. I, I don't know how anybody does that, but worry about that later, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's like a weird, the whole thing is like bizarre, but in a great way. It's just, it's the best thing ever. And, you know, Michigan State, luckily, I mean, we've been the eight of them since Tom Izzo got here. So we're lucky in that regard. Uh, AJ, I want to talk a little bit about you, speaking of your coach. So your relationship with your coach was a major story kind of coming into the season. You know, there's a perceived tension there or whatever. So Izzo talks, Tom Izzo talks before this year with the media, is asked explicitly like, hey, where's AJ Hogarth at? How's your relationship? Where are you guys at right now? I want to play his response at the time going into the season and then follow up with him later in season. Ben, can you roll that, please? Whether it be the Lucases, the Waltons, the Denzels, the Tums, the Winstons, uh, there's a lot of pretty good tradition there. Those guys got pushed. They got pulled. They were, they were demanded. AJ's got a different personality. Um, he is, um, he's cocky enough to be great and sometimes cocky enough to be detrimental. AJ Hogart is a very important part to this team right now. But there has to be some changes. He knows it. I know it. I got to give a little. He's got to give a lot. Because I have history on my side. I have performers on my side that I know what they did to get us as a program to where we needed to be and him as a player to know where he's got to be. So I, when I saw that as a guy that was a big fan of yours before that, you know, and coming into the year, I was like, oh, shit, like what's going on there? And I thought that was immediately a storyline to follow. Fast forward to January after the Michigan game, which you guys won at the Breslin Center, he was asked, hey, like how's AJ doing kind of a follow-up? The same reporter asked him, what's your opinion on AJ? Have you kind of seen what you needed to see from him? Ben, can you throw up Tom as those words on that? He said, I'm really proud of A.J. Hogard. He's not turning the ball over. He's making good decisions. He's running the team. A.J. still needs to be more vocal. We've had some head knocking sessions, but I'm happy for him because he's making himself a player. And that was a portion of a much broader. I mean, he said like seven other nice things about you and uh, went kind of on and on about how proud he was of you. What is your relationship like with him? Because the fans think that you guys just hate each other. That you can't stand them. Or, right? That's just what the fans think. Like, what's kind of your standing with him? Uh, it's definitely totally opposite. Um, I think it's just a it's just a tough love situation. Um, he pushes me. Um, I sometimes push him. Uh, but uh, I think he just kind of wants the best for me. And um, sometimes you can't see that as a player. Um, just going through it, you know, the emotions, the highs and the lows of just being a college athlete in itself. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely been fun, um, playing for, him. um, we had our ups and downs, but I think we're on a very high up right now. Um, we're headed in the right direction and just everything's been smooth. Um, we haven't really had any major problems this year. Um, none at all, actually. So it's been fun. Um, just kind of just learning and growing, um, as a player and learning from him. So it's been good. So you guys are good. So everyone can calm down with that stuff. Cause it, it, it has died down, but like, I, you know, I don't blame people. Cause I thought the same thing when he uh -huh. said that. I, I mean, that's Tom Izzo, though. He, he's kind of blunt. I mean, if I were a player, I probably wouldn't be thrilled about that, but that's who he is. And I think you kind of know, like, signing up for him. You're going to, yeah. yeah. Did, 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 I don't know if you saw that or like, no, that's yo, the first time I've seen it. oh, yeah, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble. I'm going to get a message from Max Carey about it or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Max is, no, sorry, Max, if you're watching. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's, it's a general matter. I would be kind of mad about that if I were a player, but not, not even that anything he said is untrue. It's not even the point. It's like, 
I would feel kind of called out, but that's Tom Izzo. That's what he does. Now, look, I think you've improved massively as a player. I kind of already liked your game, but, uh, you know, I think you've made those leaps. I mean, have you seen that, Tyson? We talked about, like, your growth last time, but, like, what, like talking about your teammate, have you seen the change in AJ from last year to this year? Oh, uh, yeah, they, they've definitely changed, you know. Like, they both understand each other more. Like, they're, they're very similar with their their demeanor and stuff. So just them having a better understanding, that's what helped them. And now they're on the same page. Yeah. I mean, you, you, that's the thing. You kind of have a lot of Izzo in you, kind of a, <laughs> a little bit like the healthy stubbornness and, like, you know, you, you're, you're good at what you do at coaching versus playing, obviously, but you're good at what you do. You know you're good at what you do. Like, I kind of like – I like my wide receivers, my cornerbacks, my point guards. You know, I like my guards to have a little kind of F you. Like, I think that's actually a good quality that you have that and you both have. But, you know, so there's there's a certain element of that that I think even Tom Izzo would want to retain. I mean, Kalen Lucas had that. Cassius didn't, but it didn't matter. He was like the nicest assassin ever. So it, he didn't really need it. I mean, he, his game had a killer mentality, even if his sort of, you know, personality and emotions didn't. But. I like your your snarl. I think we talked about a little bit as a team in general, you know, has kind of come in a weird context from the fans sometimes, where specifically like your body language. Like, I'm not going to bring up like the you know, exact messages people are saying, but people are like, AJ's body language is so bad all the time. I, I think it's kind of overstated. You just look pissed off, and I kind of like that you're pissed off. I don't, I don't know. Is that have you heard like the body language criticism ever? I mean, if you haven't been an athlete at a high level, um, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't been through it, if you haven't been yeah. out there at war um, with your brothers and things happen. So, I mean, of course you're going to be, your emotions are running high um, yeah. during the game. So you've never been in that situation or never been an athlete yourself. You wouldn't really understand what's going on. Yeah. Ben, throw my tweet up there. For the record, I, I'm not just saying this because you're here. I've defended you on the body. I like, to me, it's kind of an over, overblown thing anyway, but uh this was in response to someone else, but I said, we've been in aw shucks program since Draymond Green graduated 10 years ago. I'm fine with A.J. Hogard snarling at people for 40 minutes. And that was a game in December. I don't think it was Penn State, but people were saying like, oh, he's, you know, he's bitching like at the opponents. He's bitching at everybody. He's like clapping in guys' faces. I'm like, good. Thank God. Like, is that, I thought it was like the best thing ever. And I go on Twitter. People are like mad about it. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? This is like the best thing ever. I've been waiting for this team to have some like F you since you guys were running around the final four, I mean, we've had great teams, but it's been kind of a, a more friendly team since Draymond left. I mean, it's kind of kill you with kindness and, and high skill. I think it's an asset. Like I like that you're kind of a FU mentality. I mean, is that a fair characterization? Like you do have a little bit of kind of chip on your shoulder. I would agree. I would agree. Makes you a good Spartan. So you're <laughs> spe speaking of, uh, well, it's true. We got, that's the, we're like the underdog kind of mentality. So speaking of you having a chip on your shoulder and being tough, so did you watch the clip of your two teammates and what they said about you when they were here, Jaden and Tyson? No, I didn't watch the clip. You know where I'm <laughs> going with this? So we, we, they both agreed, but we just cut up Tyson. So we asked them in our speed round to pick someone on the team, one of your teammates, that you would have as your personal bodyguard. Like you're going out <laughs> to the club, they got to have your back. And they both picked you. Ben, can you roll that for us? Best bet on your team right now to hire as your bodyguard to get like get your if, like if they was to never play basketball again, nothing to do with basketball whatsoever. They just got your back in the club. They're they are your hired <laughs> they're your hired protection. If somebody <laughs> yeah, like yeah, me yeah. comes up and it, it is hectoring you, 
You guys are laughing. Is it an AJ. obvious answer? AJ. AJ. Even if AJ was still playing basketball and someone was to come up behind me, like, I, I know he's got me. <laughs> what do you make of that? Like, why, why did they pick you? I'm just my brother's keeper. Uh, that's just kind of my mentality. Uh, those guys are my brothers, and we've been through a lot together over my three years here. And um, so those are my guys. So I got their back through whatever. You were like the most, it was the easiest answer ever. I mean, he, he <laughs> laughed. It's like, why is this even a question? And Jaden, which that part wasn't in that cut, but he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I it was it was like a definitive, like, who would even be second? And I was like, I would have thought Sissoko just based on the, the biceps and the size and the again. He'd be a good option, but it was like you automatically. <laughs> Did you take pride in that where your two teammates are like, and AJ's got our back? Does that kind of move you at all? Or does that, yeah, yeah. Definitely for them to think like that um, and just kind of noticing that. Um, it's not something that I broadcast or, or really brag about, but them just knowing that how I care for them and, 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 and things like that is definitely fun to hear. Is that like, how does that manifest? Like, what, when, when would you, like, he need to have your back? Because presumably our hypothetical about you being, at the club and getting jumped is, is it like a real thing like is it is it has your back like you know if coaches chewing you out is it just kind of checking in on you like what does that look like uh i don't even know it, we're just out of 24 hours we're probably together for 16 of them so i just your brother man. yeah it's yeah. my guy for sure so yeah, yeah. i was I, just, I was expecting one of the big guys i was surprised like it was a guy i mean yeah, it's like it was a fascinating answer i was curious for your take on it so I want to talk about Tyson and your snarl a little bit too. And I told you this was coming because I, I didn't want to ambush you with this clip. It's one of the rare times I told someone in advance to be ready. So <laughs> you were kind of semi-viral on Twitter. I don't know if you understand the extent of this in the Michigan State fan base, even outside of the Michigan State fan base. There was a video of you, you know, from the game broadcast against Nebraska at the end of the first half that later became a, a gif because, of course, <laughs> Of you, oh, saying something. We'll get to that in a second. Ben, can you roll the? Can you roll the clip? Uh, the first clip from that. Back it goes ten to shoot. Walker, four points, one for seven from the floor. Contested jumper. Might be his harder shot of the night. He made it look easy. And, and you contrast the difficulty of the shots that Michigan State's having to get with what Nebraska's been able to get. I mean, that's a that's a tough shot. It's a good shot by Walker, but a tough shot for the Spartans here tonight. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure you said, shut the fuck up, shut up. Ben, throw like the, just the five, the last five second clip on there. Like, I mean, Nebraska's been able to get, I mean, that's a, that's a tough shot. It's a good shot by Walker. It looked like, shut the fuck up, shut up. And I, I just, I'm very confident to shut the fuck up part. That, that, <laughs> that, that looked at, it was at Tomanaga. No, it was not. That, everyone said it was Tomanaga. No, it was not. It was the dude sitting courtside. He was very drunk. It was a fan? Yes, and he was very drunk. He was just saying some crazy stuff. Do you and remember Tom and I, If they were to show it tomorrow, Tom and I actually laughed and said, don't worry about him. Oh, really? Yes. Do you remember not, what the fan was saying? I don't remember. But it was uh, not towards Tom and I. Hey, Russell Westbrook got a fan kicked out like two nights ago for yelling shoot at him every time he had the ball. I, I mean, I, whatever that guy said, it had to have been worse than that, but... <laughs> That's interesting because everyone said it was Tamanaga. Nah, it was it was not towards him. Tamanaga is actually a cool dude. Like, oh, we, really? We were talking throughout the whole game. I was oh okay. I was wondering because um, yeah, I was watching. I was like, well, what what happened? Like, what's the? I, I didn't see any like you know. He seems like one of the cleanest players in the conference. Yeah, it was <laughs> like you know like getting really mad at Matt McQuaid or something. It's like what the hell are you doing? It's like Matt McQuaid. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. I was convinced it was Tamanaga. I was I was fascinated by it. So all this was over a fan. Yeah, it was a, a, lot, a, fan. a lot of arenas got hecklers because they sell alcohol beverages. The Breslin doesn't have that, so we don't really heckle too many players. Well, our, that in our court side is like Matt Ishbia, Mel Tucker, and Alan Hauer. I mean, so it's like <laughs> you might if you're heckling, you're going to be too far away. We have like a very bougie front row at the, at the Breslin Center. I feel like, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Are you advocating for alcohol at Michigan State athletics nah. uh, events? Because I, I, mean, I think I love the way the president is right now. You oh, so you don't want alcohol at the games? I won't be playing, so I don't really have anything to do with. Well, that. yeah, but you're getting be, you get yelled be, at louder. So it, uh, that'd be a fan's request. That would be my request. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it'd be more fun, especially at football games, basketball games. They can leave alone. But I took my son. Who, my older son, who's four, to his first Michigan State game of any variety for your guys' senior day that went against Ohio State, which he's calling Red Team State. But the atmosphere there is so cool. So mm-hmm. I, I had to say like thank you to you guys for actually winning that game because he's been talking about how great Michigan State is and he wants to go there now because they always win, which is obviously not true. But he <laughs> thinks they always win because you guys won. So it's just such a great atmosphere there. So Tamanaga, like, why didn't he come out and defend himself? I, I would have come out and said something. About I don't it. know. I was going to tweet about it, but I was just, I just left it alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I wouldn't even address it if I were you. It's you're just going to feed that because they're they're going to be breaking down, you know, lip reading and everything you do from there on out. <laughs> what was what was, for that Nebraska game? While I'm talking about it, what was the atmosphere like at halftime there? Because I mean, I hate the cliche of like tail two halves, but. I, when is it more applicable than that? You guys, again, I said it earlier, it looked like you were going to get crushed and then you did the crushing. Was it like a fiery halftime thing? Was that no. really? It was just more of a, a like, we were all just talking. Calm. Yeah, literally. Calm. Just, you know what's at stake. We know what's at stake. We're playing for seeding for both tournaments. So go out here and do what we got to do. Everybody do their job at a high level for the second half and let's come out with a win. I was, I'm, Surprised you guys weren't mad. I was thinking more like the Mateen Cleaves, you know, putting someone against the I, wall type. Stuff. I mean, just being realistic, I mean, Nebraska has a really good fan base. Um, it's loud in there. It gets really loud in there. Um, they do a good job. Um, cheering for their, for their Huskers. It's all dark. It was, and they definitely. And it, was, and it, was, <laughs> it does look weird. It looks weird on TV. It looks dark, dark in there. It's dark in there in person, too. Yeah. It looks like that on TV. And it was their senior night, so you got to expect them guys to be amped up. And um, they've been playing at a high level. Um, lately over the last month, month and a half. So they were ready to play. They're confident in themselves. They're a good basketball team when they're playing like that. So they were ready to go. Their fans were behind them. And um, we wasn't making no shots at the beginning of the game, so we had to find a way to respond. Yeah, I don't care how good you are or how bad the other guy is or good he is. Like, if the other guy's making his shots and you're not, that's that's what you get. You get a, whatever, it was 12-point halftime deficit. But I like that you guys, like, were just – calm and quiet in the locker room. I was expecting kind of a different answer, like Tyson yelling at somebody or you yelling at somebody. But yeah, I mean, was your coach kind of the same thing or was that more just players being even killed? Was, was Tom pretty chill? Um, he didn't really have to say too much. Um, it was more of a player's thing. Um, we kind of handled what we had to handle and I went from there. Do you guys feel, oh, sorry, I mean, I was just, do you guys feel like kind of player run at this point with this group? More so than coach run, I mean? Like, do you guys kind of police yourselves at this point? I said we do a good job of that. Um, guy's been here long enough to understand what it takes and um, to respond in certain situations. So just to come out of them and, and know what, what we need to do, what we need to correct. Um, you've been playing basketball long enough to know what you're doing and what you're not doing. So we kind of just try to hold each other accountable. Is that fair, Tyson? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I before we get to the speed on, I just I do want to say the 
pleasure I've taken in watching you guys this year, both as individuals and as a team. It has really been one of my favorite teams, and it's been a lot of fun just to watch you guys. I think you two in particular, and I put Jaden on that list. I love what we've seen from you know Joey Hauser. You guys just really give a shit. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm not you know, every Michigan State every Michigan State team cares. You know, I'm not like putting anyone else down, but you get your guys like give a fuck level is really high. Like I really mean that, and I, I just you know thank you guys for your contributions to the Michigan State that are still obviously ongoing, but it's really been a fun year and fun year of watching both of you and Joey, you know, make the leaps that you guys have and Jaden making a big step. And it just seems like a group I'm really, really, really rooting for even more than normal to have success in these next couple of weeks. So I'm just, I just wanted to throw that out there before we get to the speed round. Appreciate yeah. it. So yeah, you guys are, are great Spartans. So let's get to the speed round, Ben. These guys uh, got here late from a late practice. So we got to get them back on the road pretty soon. Let's get to it. So the speed round is what bore the AJ Hogard body, uh, bodyguard clip. So we're um, we're going to be kind of all over the map here. I, I'm curious for both your takes on Zach Eady. So let's start there. The Michigan State fan response to Zach Eady is he has no game at all. If he were four inches taller, he'd be you know, not even going to Eastern Michigan. Couldn't play anywhere. What's your take on him? You guys have played him twice. You know, real tough loss at the Breslin Center. What's your take on Zach Eady's game having played him twice? What do you make of him? I think I think he's very improved. Um he's been there for three years. I even got a shot to play against him in high school. So I think he's improved. Um he has nice touch around the rim. Um definitely has a size advantage as well, but he definitely has a good feel for the game. And um that just helps him a lot. He has a good touch around the basket, being a seven five guy. Um, he makes foul shots at a high level. Um, for having hands that big and being that big of a player. We don't really see people that big making foul shots at every day he does. So, um, he's a good player. He has good finesse around the room, and I help him a lot. So, you disagree with the fan base. So, where are you at, Tyson? I disagree, too. I, I think he's real good. You you can't teach size. And, like, he knows how to play the game really well. Like, dude's big. makes He scores at a very high rate. I feel like if he starts shooting an elbow jump shot, it's ridiculous. But and he doesn't miss free throws. Yeah, I, mean, I mean he's like in the mid seventies, I think, this year, which is for a, a guy that big. It's, it's he, like a, it's he like shoots a, 90, a lot of, a a lot of free throws a game too. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's he's really. I mean, it's kind of a source of tension in the Michigan State fan base, at least. And I think with the Big Ten, I hear everyone bitching about it that like he he doesn't foul or he doesn't get called for fouls anyway. I mean, it's like you, you look. I, at, I would agree with that. I, I think he got his first two fouls a year where it gets me at. For the, yeah, he doesn't. Get, they don't call him. Fouls. I mean, is it? Is, do they call him? Are they giving him like good, a good whistle, or do you think he's playing that clean? I think the Big Ten doesn't really call fouls. Well, they call him on you guys. Depends though. It depends on how the game's going. They called him on Sissoko on the ship. Big, guy, I mean, big yeah. guys get get fouled. Not, not really little guys. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's a giant. He's at three minutes left in the game. He's, he's never in foul trouble. The big guys are always in foul trouble. He, I don't know. Like Jaron Jackson had four fouls, like at the end of the first half, half the time. That's it. And everyone's like, Oh, why doesn't Izzo play him more? It's like, if you're actually watching the games, he can't, he's going to foul out. You know, it's, I'm fascinated by a seven, five guy that lives at the rim that has that never fouls. So you, you think he plays clean or they just don't call it. I don't think a lot of people are going down there either. I wouldn't either. Who, who's really going, who would, People, what guards are really attacking Zach Eady? Yeah, at the rim. He's seven five. He jumps or he walls up. You're, it's a hard fall. 
And it's a hard shot to get off. So you had a pain in the ass to play against him, right? I hate watching him. Like I hate playing against. I, if you were on my team, I'd love it. I just I feel it's such like a there's nothing you can do most of the time. I feel like right is is he just a pain in the ass to play against? Yeah, and, and like when you stand next to him, he's even bigger. Yeah. Did you stand next to him much? Hopefully, you weren't trying to post him up. That'd be interesting. But yeah, yeah he's. I I I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think he's. A function of his size. I don't think he's crossing anyone over anytime soon necessarily, but he does have some legitimate game around the rim, he like you were saying. Does. Yeah, he's not like a, just a total oaf out there. All right. The the biggest controversy in the last two weeks at Michigan State with the basketball stuff. Should you, as a general rule, foul up three with a few seconds left? What's your take on that? You guys with the the game at uh, Iowa, you know, that came up where it's three point lead, you know, you didn't foul overtime you know lost we all know what happened but it just as a general rule do you guys like following up three as a strategy uh if aj makes a foul shot we're not in that situation so he wouldn't have to foul so i put it on me i don't really have a necessary answer for you but if you're the coach are you are you calling the foul there or not but not if if you have five guys how did that should know what they're doing yeah crazy things happen you foul he makes one misses second they tip it in same thing tie game so yeah, I mean, crazy thing happens. They hit a three. I, I feel like that happens more often. All the data is kind of mixed on there. Some people say it's tilted one way or the other. So you guys are cool, like with the defending. That's kind of the way you would go. Yeah, it's it is an interesting coach thing. Coach like Izzo just doesn't do it. Calvin Sampson for Houston always does it. It's just there's different perspectives. So you guys, you guys are team defend. That's that's fine. You're it's like a 50-50 split on Twitter. Okay, Joey Hauser. We mentioned him briefly. One of the biggest leaps in. My lifetime as a Michigan State fan anyway, I th- he was already a good player, but has made it a huge leap. He was a guy that was kind of maligned by some. You know, people were frustrated with him. I was always a Joey Hauser fan personally. I, I think his redemption arc that wasn't even really as needed as people are pretending anyway to begin with has been great. Though. I just, I've loved seeing his improvement. He seems to feel kind of personally happier, vindicated a little bit, you know, for some of the shit that he endured. Tom Zell's talked about it openly about some of the fans saying stuff about him. What's your take on Hauser, his growth, like how he's been acting this year? Does he seem happier with his performance? Where are you at with that? Uh, I, I feel like I feel like he he's happy with how he's been playing. Everybody is playing well. Uh, he doesn't really get into all the outside stuff, what people say about him. He doesn't let that get to him. Uh, he, he just he goes about the game like like a professional, just how he takes care of himself. How he warms up, everything, and it shows. It shows when he plays. He's he's so confident this year. He's just reaping the benefits of being an everyday guy. Um, Joey brings it every day. He's in the gym all day, every day. Um, he works. He perfects his craft at a high level, and it's just showing every night. He's out there on the floor. So, just so happy for Joey to bounce back the way that he did, and um, just tune out the outside noise. Now he doesn't really pay it no mind, like Tyson said, and just go out there and give us what we need every night. Does yeah. it at a high level. He's done that. I mean, the you guys, I mean, you too, Joey, Jaden's had games too. Like, there's certain games where anything less than a great performance from one of you guys. And you know, it's, I mean, you had you had games where you were 20 plus points and you guys won by a bucket. It's like you guys have really relied on a balanced scoring attack. I tweeted it out on senior day when they had, you know, at the end of the game, like, the, you get the scoreboard up there with everyone's point total and their mm-hmm. foul total. And it's, you know, the, the five out there, it was like, 12, 18, 17, 19, 16. 
Like everyone was kind of within five points of each other. All five were in double digits. And, you know, I just think he's been a huge part of that where he's been one of the guys really carrying the flag. But you you guys are sort of a death by a thousand razor blades teams. Like I feel like, you know, there are games where AJ, you're the best player on the floor. The Penn State game in December, you had like 23 points. You carried us that game. There's games where it's Tyson. There's games where it's Hauser. There's games where it's everyone's between 12 and 14. I just like the balance of the team. Uh, second to last one, the penultimate. Hunter Dickinson, uh, don't get yourself in trouble here. Um, what's your What's your take on him? He's He's a villain. He taunts you guys a lot, like everybody else. What's your take on Hunter Dickinson? I mean, he's a good player. Uh, he taunts his rival. Um, he's just all the way in with the rivalry, so I don't really shade him too much for that. That's just not how I would go about it personally. But I mean, to each his own. Um, we're their rival. Um, we dislike them as much as they dislike us. So. It is what it is. Does it bother you when he's doing the, you know, like slingshot, all that crap and grabbing his crotch? And, and nah, not at all. Doesn't bother you? You got to go back out there and produce. Yeah. You got to do something with it. Can't yeah. just be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Just don't let it don't let it happen kind of thing. Tyson, where, where you at on Hunter Dickinson? Uh, uh, no, no opinion? No, not really. You don't really let that kind of stuff get to us. Remember yeah. that. But it affects. He's out there playing basketball. He's having fun doing it. Um, I guess that's just the way he shows his emotion towards the game, and that's to each his own. Like I said, so that's the funniest thing about talking to athletes. It's like the, the shit the fans care about versus the shit you guys care about. There's some overlap, like on the Venn diagram. Like both care about winning, obviously, but the stuff that bothers fans, you guys are just like whatever. Who gives a shit? That's always interesting to me. Uh, so much less controversial, uh, and we'll finish here. Stephen Izzo. Couple stories. The LSJ Graham Couch had a piece on him. My my friend David Harden's had a piece, uh, you know, on on his page, just about the relationship with Tom and you know how it's grown and how he's gotten to spend this time with him. What's sort of the Stephen Izzo experience like? Is it weird having the coach's son in the locker room where it's like uh, I can't say f the coach or like what's that dynamic like? Nah, it's not weird at all. Co- coach even says he doesn't want uh, Stephen uh, to report anything back to him. So like you don't you kind of forget that he's even a coach's son really because we we kind of say whatever nothing. He's just like one of the guys basically. Yeah, he's, he's one of the guys. <laughs> he was one of the guys for sure. He, he's at practice. It's not like he doesn't get what we get just because he's coach's son. So he might have the same feelings in the locker room as us. So don't let it don't let it fool you. But um, yeah, he's definitely we definitely forget that he's around. He acts just like one of us um in the locker room. Um, it's just fun um just being around Steve-O. You de- like he said, you definitely will forget. Um, but he's definitely one of the guys, and it's fun to be around Steve. Yeah, one of the I think it was Graham's article, but one of the articles you know had a quote in there just about you would expect this guy to be kind of a a bratty, you know, son of a multimillionaire there, you know, with his dance team. He's like the complete opposite. He's like, and that's his reputation. It's like he's actually one of the nicest people <laughs> like on campus, probably. Yeah, Is that, yeah, he's like just a good guy. All the way. He, d- he doesn't flash any money and nothing. Yeah, I just need him to shoot if he gets into another game. He said he's coming back next year. He's doing like a graduate thing. So we have a full other year, I guess, to to get him to get a shot up. But yeah, I, we got to get him one bucket at least. So anyway, I'll get you guys out of here. Appreciate you guys. You, you could have called me and, and begged out of it with your practice running late and it's an important time of year. So I, I did want to rush you out just because it's tournament time. And if uh, if you guys are looking a little groggy on Friday, I don't want any. Asshole, Michigan State people asking why I was keeping you here past midnight or something. So I appreciate you guys again. I'll double down on just saying it's been a pleasure watching you. 
uh, Tyson, thanks for coming back and, and you know giving us another crack. <laughs> Hopefully you'll come back maybe a third time at some point. AJ, I don't know. Maybe I pissed you off. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't like the be bringing up the fan body language thing, but I, I defended you on that. I defended yeah. you all year. I think it's like kind of stupid. I love that you you're out there wearing it on your sleeve. I've said that all year. My tweets are out there. So uh major props to you guys on, you know, again, great individual seasons that you're having and continued success to you. It's gonna be a fun, a fun ride. And I think you guys are gonna have a good weekend and from there, you know, I think anything's possible with this group. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about you guys, and I uh, wish you well. Seriously, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for man. having us. That was uh, Tyson Walker and uh, AJ Hogard joining us on the eve of the Big Ten tournament in the middle of March Madness. Really honored to have them and them rushing over here. It's not close. Rochester's like an hour and 20 minutes away, one, uh, one way, so appreciate them. Ben Augusta, appreciate you, man. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun run. I This seems got that dog in them, as they say. I'm really pumped to see what, what they do. And um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be tense, but it's that time of year. So get ready Spartans and looking forward to it. Thanks for your Avenue show, Justin Spiro, we're out. <laughs>